Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to uh, Conversations with Genesis Church, and uh, I'm with Kate Shaw again, and we're going to be talking about Easily Offended Part 2. Um, if you were with us last time, uh, just want to remind you what we've been through. And if you weren't, uh, then this might uh, wet your whistle and you can go back and listen to Part 1. Uh we began talking about why is this subject worth talking about a little bit. And we looked at Proverbs 1911, which said, uh, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. And so we talked about, um, that verse and unpack that a little bit. Then we got into what does being offended mean? And the definition that, uh, we worked with and are working with is to be offended is to have one's honor and self-concept attacked, whether real or perceived. And so we talked about what honor is, and we talked about what we mean by self-concept. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that later on in this podcast. And um, so we unpacked all that stuff and talked about a few other things. And so what we're going to do today is we left off with the question, uh, why are people easily offended? And now the generic answer is, well, it's cause of sinful nature. <laughs> you know, it's they're selfish or something, but that is, that, that is true, but it is so broad that it's not helpful in the sense of managing, uh, the sense of being offended. And, uh, that's, that's a macro answer. And we're going to be talking about micro answers, uh, within it. Um, and so to get us started today, I want to read Colossians chapter three, verse 12. Uh, and then we're going to get into, uh, specific reasons, uh, why people get offended. And, and by the way, there's Man, there's a whole bunch of them. And if you go to truthappliedjs.com, I have an article that's called Easily Offended. And uh, I would encourage you to go there and look at it. On the article, I list and describe probably about 15 reasons that's been identified why people get easily offended. And that also answers why one person could be offended by one thing and another person not be offended by the same thing. And so... But here we go. Colossians chapter three, verse 12 says this, since God chose you to be holy, uh, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender heart, tender hearted, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Now, the word faults are not necessarily sins. I mean, they are weaknesses, flaws from the fall, if you will. And people are already hurt and they have this emotional baggage they carry around with them. And I think we have to be careful here because um, um, 
when we're talking about people's faults and flaws, it's sort of in sensitivities. Uh, it's sort of like somebody who, okay. So Kate, have you ever, have you ever been hurt like a broken arm, sprained ankle or something? And somebody like the next day bumps up against it or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like when you get hurt, kids just are drawn to that particular place that hurts <laughs> and they just want to jump on it or hug it or violently, you know, accidentally hit it. Yeah. I mean, I have boys, so maybe that's just me, but, uh, but yes, I have. No, it's not just boys. Uh, it is, it, <laughs> it, it is feral children. That's what it is. So ah, anyway, that's a good uh, explanation. Yeah. Uh, but in a lot of ways, you know, there, uh, I, I I've been hurt, you know, physically and stuff. And so, uh, and man, when somebody bumps up against it or, or, or I bump up against something with it, uh, it is extremely sensitive. And, um, well, there are some folks who have these emotional bruises and these tender spots and, when somebody intentionally or unintentionally bumps up against it with something they do or say, uh, it hurts more for them than others. And so there are some people who are just more emotionally sensitive in certain areas. So if somebody is, you know, by the way, I have, I have dropped this phrase out. You need to get over it. You're too sensitive. <laughs> just, you know, because, <laughs> Because if they're sensitive, and it may be true, they may be too sensitive. I don't know. But however, there are, but these emotional bruises, these sensitive areas, <clears throat> they reveal a lot about us and they real reveal more about us than the person who's actually bumping up against them. And we'll get in that to get, in, get into that in a minute. But I just really yes. want to uh, comment on that verse just because. We have to make allowance for each other's faults. Okay. We're going to have to make allowance for people's sensitivities and let's not poke them and, and bump up against them intentionally and just make life miserable for people. Cause we, we found a sensitive spot and we just want to ride that thing. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, for about half our time today, we're going to talk about some specific areas that may be sensitive or that create sensitivity when it becomes, becomes, uh, when we're talking about easily offended. Uh, all right. So, uh, I've asked Kate and I to look through the list that I mentioned to you guys earlier and to pick some and that jumped out at them, uh, on areas where people seem to be easily offended in. And so, uh, one of the areas that Kate uh, mentioned or picked was because of anxiety. So I'm going to turn it over to her and let her talk about that. Well, Jeff, let's be honest. Anxiety is a, a lot about control, no matter how we, you know, look at it. And I feel like from one control freak to another, we both can kind of <laughs> understand this, but you know, we're going to, we're going to elaborate a lot in the upcoming podcasts about anxiety. So definitely make sure you don't miss out on those, but you know, I had a friend and I didn't realize this was the thing until we actually were talking about it um, one day. And I think for me, you know, other than just being out of control kind of really just bugs me in general, but not knowing what other people's feelings or, or what other people are actually thinking, not that I want to, 
But our, my friend and I discussed how we kind of just jump to conclusions of what they're thinking, because it just gives us general anxiety that we don't know <laughs> if they're mad or, or we don't know if they're upset. So we just assume that they are. And then that just obviously snowballs from there. So I think that obviously it goes back to control. You can't control how other people respond. You can't control how other people uh, act or behave in general. So for someone that does have an issue with anxiety, you know, how others act, if it's outside of, of, you know, what you think, should be, you could easily be offended over something that you shouldn't even be offended over because the other person probably didn't even mean anything by it. Um, sometimes they did, but a lot of times I find that the things that I'm easily offended by are just me making assumptions based upon the fact that I'm nervous that I don't know what actually they are thinking about what the situation is. So, <clears throat> um, you are correct from one control freak to another. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, um, uh, I think it was two days ago, uh, Pam, my wife and I, we were talking about something and, and I don't remember what it was. And uh, she said, she said, Jeff, you are just too controlling. <laughs> And I went, and, I, and, and okay, this is, this is during a time. Okay. So behind the scenes, I've been working on the podcast and research for anxiety and all that stuff that, that you and I'll be talking about. So I've been keeping this anxiety journal, you know, and so I'm super, I'm like super sensitive about and aware of my anxieties right now. <laughs> and so, because they just, I see them everywhere. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, uh, and when she said that, uh, I noticed that I got offended, <laughs> you know, and I didn't, <laughs> you know, I, I tried to, you know, keep it civil, but I was just thinking, ah, she's right. You know, that, you know, I, I, I am controlling in a lot of ways, you know, and I, and, 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 and it overlaps like what you were talking about. Um, you know, I have to know things, you know, uh, meaning, mm -hmm. I will drive my wife nuts because if she's got something coming up or she wants to do something, I'll say, well, why are we doing that? I mean, have you thought about this? Well, I don't know if I, I mean, and I just start asking these questions and I don't mean anything by it. And, uh, uh, but uh, uh, I found well, that. If you're the kind of person that wants to know everything about everything, then that could easily be <laughs> a big problem. Have you ever seen the show Monk? No, I have, I've heard of it, but I've not seen it. Okay. All right. So, uh, Monk is about a detective who has OCD tendencies and he has a lot of anxieties and they're all hyped up. I mean, it's all exaggerated hmm. and it's hilarious. It's funny. And it's, it's also a clean show. I, I would recommend it. And so, uh, and there's like eight seasons in it, but anyway, um, whenever I'm watching it, I am constantly saying, oh man, I do that. Oh man, I do that. You know? And, and I'm thinking I have issues. And so, uh, and by the time I want to tell you, by the time we get through with the anxiety uh, series, um, uh, 
you know, people are going to know way too much about Jeff Stott and his little anxiety. <laughs> and <laughs> Kate Shaw. <laughs> and Kate Shaw. And so uh, uh, I, I guess one of the reasons why I wanted to go through some of this stuff like uh, this because of anxiety, you know, why we get easily offended is that everybody gets offended. Okay. And uh, it's just normal. We're humans. We live in a fallen world and you have your reasons uh, and sensitive areas and people with anxiety, they do get offended over the areas that their anxiety covers. And I don't want you to feel alone. I don't want you to feel like there's something weird with you. And um, uh, because you're actually more normal than you think uh, when you get offended, uh, it just, again, when you're offended, it just reveals a sensitive area that you need to pay attention to. Um, and cause people are still going to bump up against that. Uh, all right. So, uh, and I think yeah. if you feel yourself experiencing that kind of anxiety bubbling up in you, you know, you just have to be very self-aware, you know, if, if you start to feel that feeling, or if you start to feel offended, ask yourself, is this because of something I'm not in control of? Um, and so I would just say that because of the reasoning and you know, that that's something that you could do maybe to help yourself to overcome something because of this, you know, this reason, anxiety. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, back to that scripture that says, uh, uh, make allowance for each other's faults. Um, you know, you may work with someone or have children or married to someone, uh, or go to church with people that, uh, they are easily offended and, and you just, you're, you're gonna make, need to make allowance for that. Give them some grace, give them some room. Uh, it's okay for them to be sensitive in that area. It's just, just one of their broken areas that, you know, that, they uh, suffer. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. All right. So, all right. Now, Kate, you also uh, wanted to talk about insecurity a little bit, which overlaps with anxiety. Uh, what's your thoughts on being easily offended because of insecurity? Well, I, I picked this one because I feel like, at least for me, this is one I, I can identify with. You know, if you're somebody that likes to be affirmed or likes to, um, well, I'll put it this way. If you don't like to upset people, if like your number, if like the biggest fear that you have is letting people down or disappointing you, then you're probably going to fall into this category because, you know, if you're, if you're constantly, you know, trying to go for the approval of others, you know, if that's something that, that really brings you value, um, then it's really easy to become offended whenever people don't provide that affirmation to you. So um, if people feel that, that they're not being built up in a certain area, you know, or if they have a sensitivity um, on certain areas of their life, you know, maybe you have a medical condition that, you know, you don't, that you feel that others might be judging you about, or maybe you, um, have a mental health condition that you feel like other people are judging you about, or, you know, w whether it's visible or not visible, that does not matter. It's still something that, um, that you feel like others, you know, are not affirming you over, or maybe the op complete opposite. Maybe they're, you know, just 
blatantly disrespecting you over. So I think that that's the reason I, I say that is just because I think a lot of um, younger females in particular maybe struggle more with this insecurity aspect um, for a lot of reasons. But for me, I just thought that was one that I could identify with. All right. So uh, my whole life, <laughs> I have struggled with insecurity and uh, not sure when it started, why it started. Uh, now, I, I was raised in an alcoholic home. I was, you know, parents went through a divorce um, and saw a lot of their friends go through divorces and all that kind of stuff. And okay, so when I saw you pick this one, I was thinking about me and some areas where I get easily offended on and struggle with this anxiety thing and being easily offended. So uh, let's go back a little bit into Jeff Stott's life. Um, when I was uh, in middle school, uh, started uh, dating girls. Actually, believe it or not, Kate, my first date, first date was in fourth grade. Wow. That's my boys are in fourth grade. Think about that. Think that's about your boys. Impressive. Yeah. And I took this girl out to a movie with my parents. And uh, so it was a double oh, date with my parents. That is so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So think about your boys oh, asking my. girls out and they're going on a date with you. And John. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. hey, I could see it. I mean, I understand. I see where you're coming from. I, I definitely see the girl interest starting in fourth grade. So that makes <laughs> sense to me. Absolutely. But yeah. That's pretty early to start dating, but I need to hear this story. So go ahead. Yes. Yeah. And the other people are sitting on their edge of the seat waiting for me to finish it. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I started dating uh, in fourth grade and, and it was, you know, all weird and everything. And, you know, obviously you had anxieties with it, but because, you know, it's trying to figure it all out. And, uh, but by the time I got to middle school, uh, dating began to be a lot of stress for me, meaning uh, once I had like a girlfriend, okay. So we're the item, you know, back then we called it going steady, you know? And so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So my constant fear and anxiety and insecurity was this, I, I was always convinced that at any day they were going to break up with me any day. And that they would oh add, uh, yes, yeah, terrible. And I, I felt like I had to work at keeping them because somebody else better is going to come along, somebody nicer, somebody better looking. I don't know, whatever, whatever was going on in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and now, okay, I wasn't one of these guys who like dated a hundred girls. My my approach really ended up was like this if I got a girlfriend and they wanted to hang around, I, they hung around for like a year and a half, two years, three years. And so I, I didn't have like, you know, the yeah, I didn't have the flavor of the month. You know what I'm saying? I just, I locked in. And, uh, and so, but, uh, uh, but even with that said, I, I constantly kept thinking and I would, because of that, you know, I struggled with jealousy and all that kind of stuff. 
And um, um, now let's fast forward a little bit. I, I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, I got I got married. All right. Now I am in my twenties. I'm saved. My wife's saved. We're both Christians, you know. She came from a lot better home than than mine, and um, she gave me no indication that she would ever leave. She gave me no indication that she was, you know, flirting with anybody. I mean, I mean, nothing, zero. There was no indications, no red flags, nothing, no threats of if you don't straighten up, I'm out of here. I mean, nothing. And uh, but I am telling you, for it took about twenty years. 20 years for me to get to the point where I quit thinking about, I wonder when Pam's going to leave. Eventually she's going to wise up and, you know, she's going to move on. And, uh, 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 so, and that all deals and it, and that had nothing to do with Pam it really had nothing to do with the girlfriends, uh, back in school. It had everything to do with what's happening inside of me and this inner critic that kept saying, uh, you're not good enough. Nobody wants you, you know, that kind of thing. Nobody can love you and that kind of thing. So, uh, and so all these insecurities would come up and, uh, and if anybody said anything about my commitment, uh, to whoever I was dating, it offended me, boy, I got, I got mad. I got upset because uh, I mean, there was already a bruise there. There's a sensitive area there. And, and, uh, and we'll talk about something in a moment, but also whenever I saw somebody who was committed to someone not be committed, it made me mad because of, uh, of my own insecurities. I just kind of sort of projected onto them kind of a weird thing. And, uh, well, and you know, what's interesting though, too, is that if you look at insecurity, it really comes from our own view of ourself. I mean, that's really, that's really where that comes from, you know? And so I think that's why it's so important as Christians for us to learn what God says about us and, and what the word says about us and who we are. Um, because if you spend some time kind of digesting that and putting that into your consciousness that that you know who god says you are it really does impact how you then start to view yourself as well and i think that you know obviously you say it took you 20 years but but as a christian you know we're always growing we're always learning we're always figuring out and discovering you know new things whether it's about ourselves or about others or about how to live life in general and so you know give yourself some grace in the category because you know it takes time to kind of realize who you really are. And I think as we go through life, which is why I said younger people tend to deal with this a lot more. I think as you go through life, you finally start to kind of nail down who am I and, and get to that comfort level with, with who you are and, and some stability and confidence in your identity. Well, I will tell you this, <clears throat> you know, uh, if God were to ask me, what would I want to change about uh, my life. If he were to ask me that, I would say, I want to get to about age 70 and have all the lessons that you have taught me and you know, that God has taught me and start over 
you know, because I feel like <laughs> at I feel like at 53, I'm just now really figuring out life. And I know it sounds weird coming from mm -hmm. a pastor who's been the pastor, but what I mean is for Jeff Stock. No, uh, it doesn't at all. Yeah. Because now, I, I mean, I find things that used to offend me don't, you know, I mean, I just realized it's, that's not who I am. My self concept, which we talked about uh, in uh, part one of this, uh, my self concept is completely changed. It's much more rooted in Christ. My identity is more in Christ. It doesn't mean I don't get offended, you know, but. Um, but it takes more and more for me to get offended than it did, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, and, he, I feel like that's because God heals our wounds. I mean, he yeah. really does, whether those wounds are visible or whether they're, they're just buried down deep. I mean, I think that the healing that takes place is it, that's, that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's, uh, all right, we're, we're talking, we're just kind of going through some things that have been identified by the professionals on why people get offended. And uh, so far we talked about areas of anxiety, areas of insecurity. When somebody bumps up against that, we get offended. Mm -hmm. uh, Kate, you also wanted to talk about uh, uh, expectations. Yeah, actually this one is really big one for me. Um, I will admit and confess that this one is one that gets me a lot. Um, you know, I think that some of this for me, the reason I have unrealistic expectations of others is because I have really unrealistic expectations for myself. And so it kind of just like, it kind of goes hand in hand there. But, you know, I, when if this happens a lot in digital communication. So like if somebody sends you an email or if they don't respond in a way that, that you that you feel is appropriate, you know, this seems really stupid, but for example, if I'm sending an email, I want to make sure to say, Hey, how are you? Have a nice day or sincerely, or hope all is going well, or like, you know, some sort of conversational because I'm like that, but so many people are not like that. And I've, I took me a long time in the workplace to realize that, but there's a lot of people that just respond with, okay, and that is literally it. And so every time I get a text or an email, that's just literally the, the letters. Okay. I read that and I'm like, well, that's not very polite of them to say just, okay. I mean, they could have said, Oh, Hey, how's your day? You know, but you know, that's just me being unrealistic in my expectations wanting somebody again, I mean, being trying to control how somebody responds to me, you know, um, wanting people to have the same way of, of, acting that I do, you know, and I think a lot of us do that all the time subconsciously. We just, we just kind of try to set this play by play out of how our day is going to go and how others are going to act and how things are. I mean, for planners like you and me, people that like to be in control, people that like to plan, you know, when people don't respond in a way that you expect, then all of a sudden you have to come up with a plan B and, and then all of a sudden, well, now I got to have a backup plan. I got to have a plan C and a plan D. So now I'm all stressed out and offended, you know, because I've got to do more work. So there's a lot behind this, but I think that, you know, overachievers tend to really like fall hard into this, this category, because we tend to cast unrealistic expectations onto others. Um, so on the other end of this spectrum, 
being self-aware in this category is really good, but at the same time, it can highly backfire because then you try to set your expectations incredibly low for everyone else. So it's really hard to find a balance in this area, at least for me it is. Um, so I just try to have grace for, <laughs> for everyone in, in this area, but, but yeah, so that's kind of my experience with that one. Um, I, okay. I want to share something that, uh, uh, well, I guess I want to share two things. All right. On this expectations. <clears throat> um, when I was thinking about this, uh, okay. This may be more reflection of my age. Okay. I'm old enough to remember, uh, cell phones coming into existence. You know, I'm, all right, you remember when I was talking about uh, starting dating it in fourth grade? Well, I had this one girlfriend mm -hmm. in sixth grade I really liked. And then her mom had to move away because of the job and, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, it broke my heart and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I would spend hours on the phone, and the phone was one of the kind of with the cord. You know what I'm saying? It oh, was yeah. A, I had yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so we had this cord phone with a cord and it was in the kitchen and it was only three feet long. So, and the, we lived in a small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, and there were times where I would have the phone and of course the, the where the phone was like in the center of the house, it was a small house. And, you know, and if we wanted to talk about something, we'd have to go like, Hey, how's, how's it going? And we had to whisper, you know, that kind of stuff and <laughs> got to try to have some kind of privacy. Uh, but now cell phones show up and then they start developing those things and they become smartphones and man, now you can watch your video, send text, check your calendar on and on it goes. And, um, uh, and this is where I, maybe my age comes in and, and maybe not. Uh, I find that uh, I do sense Okay, my expectation is if I'm having a conversation with someone, I don't want them looking at their phone unless that has something to do with what we're talking about. You know, they're looking at their calendar, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And if they're, yeah. if they're watching a video or whatever, um, you know, or they're responding to text, you know, from somebody else while we're trying to have a conversation, again, my expectation is, is that, I'm important enough for you to stop doing what you're doing for a few minutes. Cause I'm not, you're important enough to me that I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to be, I want to be aware. I want to be calm and I want to be present. Those three things with you. Mm -hmm. So I want to give, you know, that you, my undivided attention, even if we're just talking about the chiefs or if we're talking about the, it doesn't matter if I'm with someone, I want to be with them talking to them and um and engaging with them uh so i find myself getting offended uh when other people do not do the same thing because but that's all about an expectation now i did not go into the conversation saying uh, uh, okay hypothetically kate let's just say you and i you know i don't know we run in each other at walmart or something and we're having a conversation and i'm talking to you and you're constantly looking down at your phone by the way you have not done this i'm not picking on Kate here. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I'm not trying to Hey, fix. the only time I do that, the only time I do that is when I'm 
actually looking down at my keyboard when you're trying to tell me when you want me to come up at the end of the sermon yes. when I'm still and, in the middle of practice. Yes, and that is totally fine because there I am aware that I'm interrupting you. I am crashing the yeah, practice. Yeah, that's party. you. You're the interrupter. Yeah, I am the problem, and I know that. And hey, but, I got I got some grace in that category though. I'm yeah, working on it. That's where you allow. That's where you allow for Jeff Stott's faults. Um, that's right <laughs> yeah. so uh and I, and I realized that my expectations about the whole conversation phone thing is um uh i didn't i mean i don't walk up to you or anybody and say okay before we start talking here's the rules of engagement let's make sure we're oh, having man, all the but it same. would be so nice though it, it would be so nice it if it was, was written can we get a t-shirt and just put it on our t-shirt yeah and say if, if you, you're going to interact with me these are the rules. This is, it would be a very small print okay. shirt. You need, but... to, you need to restart your t-shirt business and create that t-shirt. Oh, oh man. man. I, I don't know if we could print small enough, but you, I mean, it'd probably be okay. Hey, you know what? Even if there's just four or five, at least that's better than none. You know what I'm saying? Uh, True. Expectations. True. Uh, but anyway, the expectations, I think that is huge because we go in, uh, to, uh, a meeting or we go into, uh, conversations or relationships and man, when those expectations are not met, we get offended by it. And the other person, uh, doesn't even really realize it most of the time. I mean, they're just doing their thing yeah. and not knowing that they're just walking. Well, all and over. that's so true. It's just the thing that blows my mind. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, I've gone into meetings. This has happened to me a lot. You know, if I'm going to a meeting and I'm asked to bring something, I'm bringing something plus 10, right? That's just how I am. Like if they tell me that I have to be prepared to come to the meeting with something, I'm going to come to the meeting with probably more than they ask for like 99% of the time. But whenever other people come to the meeting and they bring nothing and they're, they don't even care about the fact that they've been asked to bring something like that blows my mind and that is where I get unreasonable expectations on people because what does it matter to me if they don't bring <laughs> the things they're supposed to bring to the meeting I mean it's not my meeting I just I just <laughs> thought well heck I spend all this time why didn't you you know yes. so I think that a lot of it you know it's just kind of like we just expect people to I don't know. It must be control again. It, it must be. I, I don't know other than how to explain it other than that. Well, you know, being offended is very complicated. Um, and it's it is complicated and, and, and people, people are complicated and people are landmines and you don't know where these landmines are, you know, and there's not even a sign that says be careful in this area because there are landmines that you can step on. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and hurt me and hurt you and everybody. So, okay. So, uh, another one that you had uh, pointed out was judgmentalism and where people get offended because they're just too judgmental. Yeah. You know, I picked this one mostly not because I identify with it as well, but because I see it a lot, just in general, I think I see it the most on social media in particular. So um, if you check the comments thread of almost any post that has more than, you know, several hundred views, you're going to see some people that are offended, regardless of what it's about. You know, you're going to see people that are offended by, you know, something that is outside of their 
belief system or outside of, you know, what their moral code is, what they, you know, believe to be true about the world, what's important to them. Um, you know, and I think that in the last few years, we've really seen this, you know, a lot just because of just the events in the last few years. But, um, but it's easy to, to get into this mode where, you know, you think your way is right. Um, you know, and, and if others don't conform to that, to that way, um, then it can be a, a reason to be offended. Um, you know, as a Christian, we have a book that kind of gives us some absolute truths, which I think is really important uh, for us to kind of navigate the world. But um, in the same sentence, the expectations for people that are not Christians that we might have, um, that's where the issues might arise for Christians, because we expect for people that are not followers of Christ to behave in the same way that, that we do, um, with the same, uh, you know, moral, moral guidance of the word that we have, you know, and, and that's simply, you know, not realistic. Um, should we, you know, expect from each other to follow the same absolute truths in the word of God? Absolutely. I mean, as Christians, that's, you know, that's something that we should, we should definitely agree on, but, um, you know, there's things outside of the word of God too, that they, you know, that he's not covering, like, what do you think about, um, littering? What do you think about driving too fast? You know, things like that, that, you know, we just have to give people some grace on, uh, if, if it's something that we don't agree with, um, and try to, try to make room for that. <laughs> some of those little things that people do, but, um, the bottom line really is uh, judgmental people think their way is right and they may be correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but judgmental people, when they think their way is right, if anyone contradicts that or doesn't do it their way, the way they think it should be done, then they get offended that you are not honoring their viewpoint or their mm -hmm. way of doing things. And so again, when, when you are easily offended, when you feel offended, that is a moment where you need to stop and evaluate yourself, not what the person just said, but why does that offend me? Because being offended reveals more about you then you realize. And those are little, when you feel offended, that should tell you, oh, okay, why, why mm -hmm. am I sensitive here? Why, why does, why am I getting angry about that? You know, why am I getting upset? Why right. am I getting hurt? Um, and, and most of the time, it's going to be an area that you need to work on. You know, you need, you know, you need to say, all right, Lord, Absolutely. I am, yeah, I am obviously I'm, I, I'm judgmental. So how, what do I need to do? You know, then go seek it out and get some counsel and see what God's word has to say. And, um, by the way, if, uh, if a person is black and white in their thinking, right or wrong in their thinking this way or the highway kind of a thing, 
they are probably going to struggle. Not pro they are going to struggle with being offended all the time, and uh, because they just don't make allowance for other options and other opinions. And uh, and so again, being offended, it may be that you're just too judgmental. You know, um, that's true. And I mean, you if you look at the word judgmental, like if you really like look at what is being judgmental mean. I mean, judgmental, to me, being judgmental is looking at someone else and almost doing a, a rating system hmm. on them, whether or not they're as good or not as good as you are using yourself as the compass. Hmm. That is honestly the way that I, that I see it. Like, because I think, I mean, we could say all day long that we're judging them based upon, um, you know, what we believe in the Bible or we or you know, other things like that which we shouldn't necessarily be doing, but if, if we're looking at somebody and we're judging them, it's probably because we're looking at it comparatively to ourself. And a lot of times, um, you know, people maybe with lower self-esteem uh, may, they may not realize they have low self-esteem, but they're looking to others to, you know, make themselves feel better about themselves because they're trying to see others, you know, trying to see others faults and they're trying to identify those and point them out and, and, you know, that just isn't healthy. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but, um, I mean, years, I mean, years ago, I definitely struggled in this area for sure. And well, I think every believer eventually struggles with this. I mean, cause you start learning, you start growing, you think you got it figured out. And then you start looking, you know, you look at your past and how wrong you were, but now how right you are, <laughs> you, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And you start looking yeah. at your friends and your family and you're thinking, man, they ought to know better by now, you know, and uh, what's wrong yeah. with them. And you do that whole, and, but you're about, you're right. You're evaluating them on that scale and you're the standard, you know, that's what judge being judgmental is. Um, and I think every Christian struggles with it. Uh, but God has a lot, lot to say about that. Now, with that said, he does. Um, one of the ones I picked is closely related to. Yeah, I was gonna the, say it is close. Yeah, it's it's a man. It's like a, it's almost like an identical twin, but they're not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to talk about this being offended due to our belief system, and this is where your self concept. Again, we talked about this in that in the previous episode. Uh, this is where your self-concept really gets challenged. Um, cause this is where you believe something you're convinced you have a conviction about something. And when that belief is challenged or denied or ignored, you end up taking it personally. Okay. And what's, and what's weird about this is I have seen this, um, man, over the years of being a pastor and just watch seeing it myself and others. Okay. So, um, there are some people who have a certain political conviction. Okay. They're in a political party or they have a certain political belief about something and they're watching the news and something is said regarding their political belief on the news. And they will get offended and upset by what this person just said on the TV or on their phone. 
and they and they themselves feel offended and when they can't do anything about it when they're not there you know the person said that last week and uh, it's just a recording and uh but they get offended by it and um i've seen uh christians do this whether i've seen good people who love jesus they are witnessing i mean they're witnessing they're telling somebody about jesus <laughs> and they'll bring up jesus and they'll bring up church and then the person will say something like uh you know uh man i'm glad you believe in jesus i'm glad you go to church but man church is just not for me you know i, I don't get anything out of it i see it's pointless i see it as a crutch and I got better, I got better stuff to do with my time. And what's happening is as they're giving their reasons why they don't need to go to church or they don't need God, uh, the Christian is getting more mad with each passing statement <laughs> and at the individual mm -hmm. because, yeah. Yeah, because their belief system is being challenged and because they have a, that, you know, they love God, they love Jesus and they, they see the value of other believers and going to church and all that kind of stuff. And, but then they now are talking to someone who does not hold to that belief system at all. And then they get offended by the unbeliever uh, because of where, of where their stance is. Um, yeah. Now that is where, as a believer, it says more about you than the person who does not hold to your views. And uh, I see Jesus all the time. I mean, he, he confronted people all the time who didn't believe what he believed, you know, and, um, um, and I think, uh, I think one of the good examples is <clears throat> when, uh, when he was being uh, on trial and he was crucified, it was like he, he was very calm, very aware, and very present. I mean, exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. And even when he confronted people that um, disagreed with him, he was very intentional in his approach. He, did, he just didn't respond willy-nilly. And uh, it was always an opportunity for him to teach mm -hmm. something to someone. Every encounter was an object lesson. But uh, uh, So you may yeah. find yourself struggling with, being offended when you hear something on the news or having a conversation with someone about this challenged belief system uh, in your life. Any comments on that, Kate? I think, again, this is super close to the last one, but yeah. this one often cuts a lot deeper because it's something that you just really like. It's really almost attacking your identity to its mm -hmm. core. I mean, so this is, this is a really hard one for people. And I think the biggest thing with when people challenge your belief system is having empathy. I mean, if you are somebody that has, has empathy, then you are able to pivot and understand the perspective and where these people are coming from when they challenge your belief system. And it makes it so much less personal um, for you to be able to view it from their perspective, even if you don't agree with it. Um, you know, I've, I've experienced, I'm sure we all have experienced this to some level because we all have those hot topics that we just don't want to go outside of, and we don't have to go outside of our belief system. Uh, just to make that clear, we don't have to change how we believe to be able to have empathy for someone that doesn't agree with the things that we uh, 
uh, believe. So if getting to that maturity point where you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and try to see their perspective um, without feeling threatened uh, in your own personal views is definitely something that takes time to, you know, mature and develop, especially as a Christian, but, um, but that's where you want to get to ultimately. Um, and this whole belief system challenge being offended, you know, all right. So most of the people who listen to our, uh, podcasts are probably Christians, I'm assuming. And, um, mm -hmm. One of the areas where I've seen them struggle with this is, and, and I've seen it personally over the 30 years I've been doing ministry and uh, where Christians, they have a hard time separating theology and methodology within the church. And what I mean by that is they, if you, okay, this is going to, show my age and all this kind of, I mean, you know, the older you get, everything you say shows your age. I mean, I'm just telling you that. Okay. <laughs> just, I don't think you can get away. I don't think you can get away no, from that. <laughs> no, no. All right. So, uh, I have seen Christians, uh, say things like this, um, to worship pastors. They'll say things like, uh, you shouldn't, uh, you know, we need to sing more hymns. We need to sing more courses. Uh, we need to dress up or we need to dress down and they'll argue over it. You know, they're, and what's happened is for some Christians, their theology, what they believe about worship is reflected in their methodology. In other words, if you take a certain style of worship away, you're somehow disobeying God's word. You follow what I'm saying? because they have yeah. now taken their, their, they believe God's word says, this is the way you do it. These are the styles of songs. This is the way you have to dress. This is how the church building should look. And so what will happen is when somebody comes in like a pastor or worship leader or something, and the leadership wants to change something, they, their self-concept, their belief system uh, is challenged because, uh, uh, and they feel offended and they get angry because what they, their identity is wrapped up in their style of worship or, you know, or their, or some method that deals with worship for them. And so Christians really need to step back at this moment and say, okay, you know, why, why does this offend me? What's really going on? You know, are they, are, is the person really being mean? Are they trying to upset me? Usually no. <laughs> and, uh, they're just bringing about a change. And so as Christians, we really, we, you know, because of our identity, I mean, it really goes back to our identity in Christ. Uh, Kate, you mentioned that earlier. I mean, man, if we can just lock that down and get secure in that, a lot of the offenses that happen in life, uh, will, will not feel so offensive. Um, because yeah. we see the bigger picture and we, and our life is bigger than what's offending us. Um, yes. You well, know, and it's important to find your proper place too. Like, where are you supposed to be? You know, where, where is God placing you? What group of people is God placing you around? You know, so there's certain things that you need to be aware of that, you know, not every church is for every person. I mean, there's so many different ways of worship, um, you know, that, People, people have got to, to be very aware of, you know, what is causing them to be upset and, and 
ask those questions. Am I friends with the people that are, that are really where God wants me to be? Is that, is that, you know, where I'm supposed to be at in, in his will, you know? So I think making sure that, that you are in the place you're supposed to be and, and getting your cup filled up and, you know, really being able to draw close to God without being distracted by all the things that offend you, you know, is really important. Um, okay. So, uh, we have been going at this now for about 50 minutes. We started it, uh, well, 50 minutes ago, <laughs> five, <laughs> and that has gone by fast for me. We uh, so we are so bad. <laughs> yeah, we are. We get derailed. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. And, uh, it's all good. Um, uh, okay. Kate, if you have time, uh, I want to cover this negative sentiment override. And then we're going to wrap it up let's after it. that. Yep. Huh? Okay. Yep. Let's and do it. Let's do it. And then we're going to wrap it up. And so and here's what's going to happen or may, may or may not happen. Uh, Kate and I may come back and talk about actually managing being offended. There's some biblical principles that we can walk through and some things that we can cover. Uh, but if we don't do that, then... Um, you can go to truthappliedjs.com and it's all there for you. You can see it and read it and uh, uh, to your heart's content. But, um, and I realize for some people, they, they would rather listen to us talk about it and just flesh it out because it makes it seem more real for them. Okay, so one more uh, reason. Again, there's about 15 or 20 of these things on, on the website. Uh, but, um, uh, okay, one more I want to talk about is this thing called negative sentiment override. If you want to impress your friends, learn this phrase <laughs> and uh, and just drop it when somebody's offended, uh, and you, you'll yeah. sound like you're a genius. AKA, <clears throat> AKA glass half empty. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so all right, you either have as your filter something called a negative sentiment override or a positive sentiment override. And uh, if you have a positive sentiment override, uh, somebody can ask you, how was your day? And you will think, oh, they're interested in me. Well, thank you for asking. Well, my day was this, and you just go, and you're delighted that they care <laughs> about you, okay? And somewhat surprised, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, just, you're just thrilled to death. Positive, you know, sentiment override. If you have a negative sentiment override, uh, somebody could ask the same question and say, how was your day? And what will happen is you will assume they're seeing if you were productive that day. Did you get anything done? Did you waste your <laughs> life today? You know, and, you know, did you do your chores? Did you do your yeah. to-do, whatever, you know, did you just sit around and do nothing? I mean, mm -hmm. something, whatever pops in your mind, it, you just assume mm -hmm. they're criticizing you in some way. Um. So for some of us, the reason why we are so easily offended is because we have this negative sentiment override. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, Kate, I'm not saying that you have this. I don't think you do. But, uh, <laughs> but however, it seemed like I was hearing a little bit of that when you were talking about receiving emails. You know, well, what, well, what do they mean by that? Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess so. That's true because I mean, you're assuming, I mean, all of these are kind of connected. I they feel are, like I, all, I they're think all they're all sort of, they're, they all kind of go hand in hand, but 
But yeah, I, I think so. I think that I, but I view most things positively, you know, so if other, I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a mixture, but, but yeah, this is a really interesting one, actually, because I tend to dissect the, t not only the words of people, but the tone of people and their body language as well. Um, I just kind of am overly observant of everything. And I think that for me, that's just makes things go downhill fast on the, on the getting offended scale. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, for me, I find that it depends on who I'm with. Uh, it seems like I have a positive sentiment, sentiment override with some people and a negative sentiment override with others. And oh, a, yeah, lot, a lot of that has to do with conditioning because they've sort of condition me to think a certain way um and there are sometimes it's not their fault at all for example i don't know what it is i cannot explain it it's an emotional trigger uh but uh, remember i mentioned earlier that i was raised in an alcoholic home my dad was the alcoholic and for whatever reason anybody who looks like sounds like acts like behaves like my dad if they say something it's an Im immediate negative sentiment override. And I am very aware of that. And I always feel so sorry for people who remind me of my dad, because there's nothing positive for me with him. And I don't tell them that I don't say, I don't say, man, you remind me of my dad, you're a loser. <laughs> you don't get away. I don't do that, but no. on the inside, but on the inside, I have to, I, I, I mean, I'm very aware of that. And I will, I will often tell Pam, I said, Hey, that guy reminds me. And she'll say, yeah, he does. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting irritated with him just because the way he looks, <laughs> you know, and, and he has no yeah. idea. And I have to I, process that <clears throat> again, yeah. being easily offended says more about ourselves than the person who's offending us. And so uh, much. Yes. Yes. So uh, uh, so if you are struggling with being offended, it could be this negative sentiment override that you have. And just for some reason, you just filter everything that as some kind of critical question or statement. And, and it may not be with everybody. It just may be with certain people. And, um, all right. So, um, all right. Again, if you go to truthapplyjs.com, uh, you will find a whole list of others. Uh, how guilt makes you feel offended, how your past pain makes you feel offended. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about the worldview, and, uh, but uh, you'll have also cognitive, what's called cognitive distortions. In other words, that's just bad thinking. Uh, Kate mentioned some of them. She mentioned like jumping to conclusions, false assumptions. I mentioned, you know, black and white thinking. Those are all cognitive distortions uh, cause people to uh, be easily offended. Uh, there's a thing called same species syndrome. I just mentioned that uh, without naming it when I was talking about my dad. Um, you just are offended by people that are similar to someone else. And um, unspoken rule violation, um, poor modeling, mm. uh, you, you know, low self-esteem and, and poor communication. Some people are just bad communicators and they just go through the, you know, the China store offending people left and right and breaking people they don't even oh, know. Oh, yes. <laughs> That I should have put that as I should have put that as a trigger. I really should have. But yes, there's those out there. Yes, and uh, and 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 even though I've said being offended says more about us than the person who's offending us, but there are times where it does say more about the other person. 
And uh, then they realize when they're just, you know, offending people left and right, they don't know it. Um, all right. Well, Kate, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this podcast. And for those who are listening, uh, Ashley, Kate and I are going to be doing the next several uh, podcasts. Um, and uh, uh, and we're also going to be going uh, to uh, every other week. So we're not going to be releasing one every week. Um, uh, for the reason behind that is just simply because, um, it, it, it's fairly labor intensive. We, we actually don't, at least I don't, I, I just don't show up and start talking. I actually do homework and put some thoughts together and it just takes work. And so, uh, believe it or not, I have a life outside of this podcast. And so, uh, I want to yeah what and also i wanted to spread it out and give some and also allow a little more time for some of the stuff to marinate a little bit and uh as i'm preparing and um i'm a processor i like to think through things and i'll ask a bunch of questions and just try to mm -hmm. work it out in my head so uh and hopefully the quality of it will be better and it'll be a little bit look deeper um even though i think it's been pretty good i've enjoyed it all right kate any last words from you yeah it's been great all right um, no thanks for having me on here today Yep. Well, until next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.